0: Good afternoon, good evening and welcome to 11 Pieces of Me, hosted by myself, Ali Thompson and as always, my partner in crime from across the sea, Mr Gavin Haverty. How are you doing, Gav? Yeah, not too bad, looking forward to this one. Any football withdrawals with the season being over?
1: Yeah, I'm actually sweating, I've actually ended up watching 1860 Munich tonight, that's how bad it's been.
0: Christ,
1: I'm 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 really glad
0: it's gone, I'm
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to the break. (laughs) I can't. I don't, I don't operate like that. I'm, I'm watching Moroccan football. at one o'clock in the morning. Just anything to see a ball flying around.
0: That's just a standard week for you, Gav. <laughs> That's, That's basically it, yeah. <laughs> As our regular listeners will know, this is just for a bit of fun. We have guests come on to talk about their favourite players from the past when they were growing up. It's not always about the best, but just someone who means something to them. They pick a formation, players to play in each position, and they must choose a captain. We only have one rule and that the player must be retired, which is easing up now with certain players retiring this week. Joining us this evening, we have Adam Scott-Allen from the Man in the Post podcast. How are you doing, Adam? Hello. You looking forward to this?
2: Yeah, I'm good, guys. I, I, I'm with you, Ali. I watched, um, I watched a little bit of the Championship playoff, and if anything will put you off football for a couple of weeks, the Championship playoff final did it for me.
0: I only watched the penalties, but... I'm delighted oh. with the result and obviously with Danny Ward and goal so.
1: That that was one of the worst games of football I've seen in a long, long time She was shocking Yeah, dollars to fish water
0: I still guarantee Huddersfield will take three points off Liverpool next season at some point
1: <laughs> So Adam Well Adam, I right, you right, tell you, look, Adam. He's, he's, No, no, no just, look,
0: He's the host He thinks he owns it already, <laughs> <boring>. <laughs> Adam What football team do you support? Uh, Everton. Ooh. Oh, that, that makes sense with the Tony <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Fair enough. Right, Gaff, let's end it now. <laughs>
2: uh, I'm just Ross gonna- didn't tell you that, did he? He
0: kept that no, bit back. He did, he did. That's him off the Christmas card list.
1: <laughs> that same city, though, isn't it? This is going to be terrible, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Adam, give us your um, give us your formation. Um, uh, my team's gonna play four three four three three. Ah, see starting, group. see
2: that?
0: Yeah, <laughs> the man knows. Is it? Gav likes you know. already. <laughs> right, let's crack right on. Give us your goalkeeper.
2: My goalkeeper is Peter Schmeichel. Just, um, I think the the man almost epitomises goalkeepers to me. Uh, he's you say the word goalkeeper, he's the thing I think of, especially of the ones that are retired. There's a, there's obviously a certain a certain long-haired Italian man in Turin who could go after that title, but um, everything that I think of when I think of a fo- when I think of growing up, i I think of that huge, intimidating danger just between the posts who almost seemed unstoppable.
0: Only the third time, Petkoff.
1: Yeah, surprisingly, because Schmeichel is a legend. Schmeichel is, as um, Adam rightly said, that throughout the nineties and the early nineties, he was. The goalkeeper, especially from England. Now, personally, I I didn't rate him because obviously I didn't see enough of him. But from what I did see him, that star, the star jump, like he made that his own trademark. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and somebody, I can remember somebody says he pulled off that. It was.
2: Well, I think what I, I exactly what I would go to show me is how important he was, how big a loss he was, was just how long a manager as good as Alex Ferguson spent messing around with. Different options until he could find someone to even come close in Van der
0: Sar. What you've just said there, Adam, spot on. The, the how long it took to replace him is is crucial. And Gav, Gav, you're right. I think he's arguably one of the best goalkeepers, if not the best goalkeeper the Premier League has ever seen. Anyway, um, when you when you talk oh, about easy. People, yeah, definitely. If you talk about obviously European the stature, then you, then it's a then you can get any debates. I mean for. The, the the Italian goalkeeper that Adam mentioned for me is the is the greatest of all time just because I've seen so much of him but what can you as a, as a Liverpool fan you've just got to even admire Schmeichel just the, the stature of the man and the leadership
1: as Adam said with the likes of when Schmeichel retired did Bosnich who was a very good goalkeeper did Massimo Tiabi, who didn't have a great time at Man United, but was a very good goalkeeper. You had that mad bastard, Barthez, Tim Howard and Roy Carroll, all who went on to have half-decent careers. But it was only until van der Sar came along that United you know, settled down, didn't have to worry about that position. But yeah, for Peter Schmeichel, it's a nice, nice start. And it shows how big a
2: job it is being the Manchester United goalkeeper. Because like you said, Tim Howard went on to have eight, Eight years, spent eight years at Everton six or seven of them where he was a very very good goalkeeper but he wasn't good enough to be Manchester United's number one
0: well very very good a bit over the top but we'll, we'll, we'll give you the, the good career anyway
1: <laughs> but no I, let's, see, see, do you know what he, he, let's, do you know what it seems seems we haven't got any of them on this week he was gold for a Yankee
0: that's better <laughs> yeah but we'll go with <laughs> that but then they did have Brad Pete Friedel as a competition so but no, I like this. Well, Adam, movement, give so and I
2: expected them to be on more. Yeah, three, three times is very, very short shift, I'd say. Well, Adam, give us, give us your left back. My left back. Oh, okay, right. So my left back is um, Roberto Carlos. Hmm. Um, I well, think that while it um, might not to the more to, to perhaps the slightly older, the more educated footballer at the time when I was watching Roberto Carlos play, he seemed to reinvent the fullback position to me. And I think that a lot of people you see now, your um, your tactical supremos in people like uh, Michael Cox and Jonathan um, Wilson, when they write and talk about tactics, they talk about how, how Jack Jolton was in very ways a visionary, where he was the uh, the person in that, that World Cup with Ireland to see the importance of the fullback, especially in a 4-4-2. The, the fullback was the player who always had space and had time on the ball. And... For Carlos was just absolutely devastating from that position.
0: Spot on. I mean, he's he's one of the highest picked apart from Maldini left backs that we've had. Um, and as as me and Gareth said many times before, even just in general about the man, he defined what the modern fullback aspires to be with the with the attacking. But for I I think he can defend. But seen a lot of people on online on Twitter slating Carlos as a terrible defender, which I find preposterous. Okay. Uh,
2: I think that's people, people misremembering. I think it's I mean, I'm, I'm not seeing them. Yeah, I'm not going to say that, I'm not going to say he was the most, the most solid fullback. I'm not going to. He, he wasn't. He couldn't necessarily completely tie his winger down, but it was very much that sort of that that situation where he stopped his he stopped his winger attacking by having to come back with him.
0: That spot on. His his greatest forward defence was his attacking. That his winger never ever wanted to stay forward and cause problems because they were fearful of Carlos getting in behind.
2: I mean, he can't take a free kick though. That was a fluke. I give. I'm not giving him that.
0: I've said the same. I, people. He's not. He's not on. He's not on free kicks. He's not anywhere near him. People have come on this show and said that free kick against France is his greatest goal, but not for me. Not for me. Not at all. I mean, Gav. Let's be honest. I mean, even as a Madrid player, you've seen him a lot more than. Than most we how young your follow the league. And even even you admire him and think he's a great defender. So I mean all these people really are clueless, aren't they?
1: Yeah, well it's like as you rightly really alluded to there, he wasn't the greatest left back, but he was so good going forward that you know, that that became he became more synonymous with that aspect of the game. But he wasn't a bad defender. When you compare him to the leagues, as we say, Marcelo today, Marcelo was just as good going forward. But Marcelo wasn't as good or wasn't as good as Carlos going back.
0: Yeah, Same with Dani Alves medicine. as
1: well. Danny Alves, you know, yeah, well, see, this is it. For me, Marcelo was the perfect, the natural replacement. And he's come into his own. Marcelo's a fantastic player. But Marcelo's attack and play mirrors, good. Uh, Roberto Carlos's but I still think Roberto Carlos is more to his game as a defender than Marcelo but oh, look Roberto Carlos legend
0: of the game I can pick yeah played it as we, we spoke before played it top level international for, for like a 12 year span didn't he so I mean what more can you say brilliant good pick again Adam let's move on to your right back right so
2: for my right back I will have Gianluca Zambrotta, um, a player who I think um is what well, well was overrated. I'm not sorry, underrated at the time, but maybe he's still underrated even in his career. He was he was versatile. He you're talking about a player who could go forwards, he could, he could offer you something going forward, but really, he was a solid fullback. That obviously being Italian, that boy could defend.
0: Galva, first,
1: yeah, a first and a very nice pick. Barcelona player, ex Barcelona player, excellent ex Barcelona player.
2: Yeah. I had a very, I, I had a great career at
1: Barcelona after leaving, Juve after Caltropoli. He did. Um, he was, you know, if he's well regarded at Barcelona as being, you know, not an underrated player, but almost a, for, a forgotten. Not going to use the word legend because he wasn't, but you know, he he really made a mark. The couple of seasons he was there, he won the Champions League with us. He had. Um, I think he just when Pep Guardiola came in. Zambrato was just one of those players that just wasn't for him. Otherwise, like he went on back to Milan. He could had a great career with Milan. He was a fantastic fella.
2: I think, um, I think when when Guardiola arrived, perhaps he didn't have the he didn't have the legs to play to play Guardiola football at that point. And I think that you're right. I think that maybe some of his um, achievements are. Uh, and not seen through perhaps the roast into glasses
1: that maybe they would be, because I think Dani Alves turned up and changed the game. Yeah, absolutely. But for me, Zambrata was always, even even as Juventus... Look, even for Italy, he'd won the World Cup, Italy. He was always that... Excuse me, when you look at that back line of Italy, he was the quiet man when you compared him to Luis Cannavaro, Maldini and Nesta. But yeah, Zambrato, Ali. I...
0: Being honest, only really seen him play for Italy. Um I, I knew he was at Juventus. Uh, I kinda stopped watching Serie A really by that point. But as you say, he was just part of that solid Italian back four, which which you've come to expect. It's just it's part of the normal when you talk about as an Italian defender. I had no clue he played for Barcelona though. Um I just knew about the UV and uh Melandes.
2: You had a player there who who mentally was as bright as they come. He he was a player who could play on either, either flank, so he wasn't wasn't someone who could be be uh, tied up by his weaker foot. He could play in full back, he could play wing back. While he wasn't Danny Alves or Roberto Carlos going forward, he could get past his winger. he could put in across and he was still he was very much still that modern full back wing back.
0: For for me, like just hearing Gav talk about him, I mean everybody knows how how much Gav loves Barcelona, and for him to like talk about him as highly as he did there. When you think of the Barcelona, the way they they play football, and the way they have done for years now, and Gav still holds him in that high regard. It's I think that kind of says a lot about the the player and the just the kind of substandard you expect from Italian defenders now. Is that a fair? Fair point, Gav.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. But Look again, and an Italian defender with a bit of flair. Give us, give us one of your centre-backs, Adam. Right, well, I'll stay on your good side then. I'll have Carlos Boyal. Um, Ooh.
0: I'm not sure that's the good side, though, Adam, but carry on. That's <laughs> not the
2: good side? How's that not the good side? Yeah. Oh, no. You talk about him and then I'll let Gav take over. I'll admit to you that I'm a bit, of a, um, a bit of a contradiction in the, the, the type of players I like. And Carlos Boyal is a player that I absolutely adore because he is a player who is greater. at the talent he has. He's had this absolutely fantastic career and he is not the most talented footballer, but he has got the strongest desire. He puts his heart into it. And I think that's absolutely summed up. One of my favorite things about Carlos Poyo is a, um, a a quote from um, Gerard Piquet in the Graham Hunter Barca book, where Piquet talks about um, Carlos Poyal coming on as a substitute towards the end of a game where he's been out for a long time with injury and um, PK starts uh, starts talking to him, going, "Ah, oh, uh, Carlos, I, I'm so happy to have you back. It's, I've missed you so much." And uh, the first thing Poya does is just tell him to shut up
1: and concentrate. Take
0: it away, Gal. Neil, well,
1: off I done. No, I haven't done that. And I tell you, I, I like Carlos Puyall, but for me, as you, as you rightly said, Carlos Puyall wasn't the, the greatest player. But his hunger, desire, and his concentration levels for Barcelona were just second to none. He kept in check that back line, which he controlled. For me, like he's won absolutely everything. It's an extraordinary trophy haul. But I grew up watching the likes of Nadal. Now, Nadal was always my favourite Barcelona defender. I think I've just gone through the mirage of these, what I like to call, young Barca fans who... Don't realise that before 2010, Barcelona actually existed. Believe or believe or not, and he's constantly referred to as the greatest defender Barcelona ever had. He's not. He really is. No, no, not at all. Because
2: I would say that if you look at his talent, he maybe didn't even his talent alone did not deserve him to even be playing for Barcelona.
1: No, but his his, his, his he bled the club. And he didn't care who he pissed off on the pitch. He he was Barcelona. He he represented the club on the pitch. We're well, missing a player like him, I've always said that the last couple of seasons since he retired, it's not that we miss his ability as a defender, we miss that person who, you know, doesn't mind shouting at certain players. Like Neymar a couple of weeks ago from Malaga, petulance, acting like a twat. There's nobody on the pitch to reprimand him. Now, I always wish that Steichkop was still around, because Stoichkopf had him in the round. He'd have punched Neymar up and down the pitch. He'd have batted him. But Puyol would have reprimanded him. Puyol would have told him, cop the fuck on. Dime for Barcelona. Stop messing with your shoes. So, in that regard, yeah, look, don't get me wrong. It's a lovely pick. It's the first time time he's been picked. So, I've no complaints with it. But, just don't be expecting me to be all gone gooey-eyed over it. What about you,
0: (laughs) I'm a I'm a Puyol fan, for the, exactly the same reasons you've said. Look, was he the greatest defender ever? No, was he the most committed, loyal, bleed for a club, organizer? Absolutely. I don't. I think him and Sergio Ramos are very similar in that way. Obviously, Puyol. I don't. Did Puyol come through the youth academy at Barcelona, Gavin?
1: He did, yeah. But he
0: was um, one club player. So, 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 so slightly different in that regards, but just the way that they're fully committed. And I mean, there's so many clips of of Puyol, even just you know, pulling Barcelona players away from referees when players are going to like grass if a fans through something on the pitch. He's like, look, fuck off, get on with the game. Picks it up and throws it away, and you know, it was all about just leadership and the silly goals that you've seen Barcelona concede this season. Wouldn't have happened in the Puyol days, you know, where he's just the first, that free kick you spoke about, Gav, you know the Real Madrid one that they scored um, in the second last game of the season, remember you just had the big debate over it there, was it? You know, yeah, yeah, against Sevilla, yes,
1: yeah, like, exactly, where and, you had the point, you had the people standing around. Correct, and, the and, and if did, that's
0: Puyol's team, that's not happening, do you know what I mean? He's just, he's I'm already killing somebody, one. yep, and if he's not doing it, he's pulling back Messi to say, look, just stand there. Shut up and stand it. And as you said, he doesn't care who he's talking to. It was his club. And while he was on the pitch, you, you, you followed his rules or you fucked off. And I, and I think that's got to be a lot to be commended for. Absolutely. Um, and I think, as we said before, we need we, we need more players like him in the game. Because talent isn't everything, especially when it comes to defending. That leadership yeah, it can't and
1: organisation. It, it can't be upsetting these snowflakes anymore. They're too, they're too windy now.
0: But it's okay because well, four years Barcelona aren't going to exist to these fans anyway. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> am, I, am, am I misremembering? I was from from what I remember reading about him that um, when he came when he was in let me say he was actually a, was he not a failed winger essentially? Yeah, right back,
1: sorry, centre um, back wasn't his preferred choice, but. His there was there was a famous story he told where when he was younger, um, when they were playing on the ground on the, the concrete, he'd still go in sliding tackles. He'd come home busted up, bleeding, and his mother would be basically going, "What happened to you? I was playing football." So as you stay, stay there, it's, it, he just his football and talent is nowhere near as big as his football and heart. I mean, he was told to get his hair cut, and he told the coach, no, what's my hair got to do with anything? So he, he had that. So look, don't get me wrong, I do love Carlos Pirioli, he's been brilliant for Barcelona. It's just sometimes I think that some people put him up there on a platform he doesn't really deserve to be, but as this is all about favourite players, not best players, so nice
0: pick. Just quickly, I'm not. I'm not sure... That I, I agree with your slide there that that he's on a say pedestal that he shouldn't be. I think he definitely deserves to be up on that up on that pedestal as long as you're not claiming he's the greatest defender ever. What's see, right, a fan base does. Right, yeah, yeah, that's fair. But do, I mean, you're holding him in just as high regards as any player that's ever played for for the club, just for a different reason, like not for, just for being the greatest, but for being the, probably the greatest servant. Would probably be a more accurate argument you could have. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yep. Another cracking pick, Adam. Let's take your second centre back. So,
2: for my uh, to complete my back four, I will have Nemanja Vidic. Um, the man was just an absolute rock. Um, just I, I can't. I'm sure there's plenty of players. There's plenty of examples, but I think of that in that in the era of it he played in the Premier League. You sort of you were starting to see the end of those truly hard players, and Vidic was hard and he was scary. And um, I think that 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 comes to fruition for me is I've got a very strong memory mainly because I I got told off for this, but um, in uh, in 2008, uh, Manchester United were playing um, Southampton in an FA Cup game. I think probably in the third round. Southampton were in League One at the time. And I was going to university in Southampton. It was quite a big deal. And um, it was on TV. And uh, at some point during the game, um, a player put in, for Southampton, put in a, a absolutely horrific challenge on Emmanuel Vidic. It was sort of a short, almost sort of, think of the short cross on Ramsey, sort of middle of the shin, straight on, straight up. And Vidic uh, hopped on it twice and, and carried on playing. Which, uh, Um, took to uh, me and a couple of friends uh, uh, graffitiing a Wikipedia page and changing it to saying that he was made of adamantium for which we got told off
0: Right, I'm going to stop not stop the podcast but I've got a question for you both when we're talking about favourite players and just judging players in general I'm very petty when it comes to judging a player if I've seen one thing that's really petulant it turns to me not rating them at all I'll give you an example before we talk about Vidic. Vincent Kompany, when they played against Real Madrid in the Champions League, I think it was four years ago now, he ducked out the way a Ronaldo shot in about the 86th minute, which Ronaldo scored from, and Manchester City lost the game. Now, just because of that, I don't rate Vincent Kompany as a defender because he's an absolute shy bag. Is this just me being Peter? Is this a common thing that a little thing like that can put you completely off a player? No.
2: No, I completely agree with you, but I think that in the same way, a little thing like that can make you fall completely in love with a player really you can fall in love with a defender for jumping out the way no 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 not like that sorry i mean what i mean is just in the same way that little there's you know a little thing that maybe only happens happens so infrequently but you kind of that's the thing that you remember about and that's why you you can love that player maybe maybe more a lot more than they deserve i mean gerard de La does that to me all the time
0: Right. Okay. Now oh. on on to Vidic then. Okay. Now this is why I don't rate Vidic, and I can't. I can never put him in the top of. I know this is not about the best anyway, but I can never. I, I hate listening to people saying he's up there with some of the best defenders in the Premier League. He well,
2: got three games
1: in a row against, against Liverpool. Torres, I'll be yeah, fine. Exactly, and for
0: me. And now, don't
1: get me wrong. Are you talking about Torres? Yes. You didn't get sent off against everybody. He got sent off against arguably one of the most no, extraordinary no, seasons but any player has had no, in the last look, ten years. Three games
0: in a row, which is which was over two seasons. And yes, it was against Torres, I think, two of the three times. But like, Torres embarrassed him. Like proper embarrassed him. I just can't talk about Vinny. Every every, every, saying, pl- every player has a nemesis. And I know that to me, yeah, Torres and was his that's nemesis. That's fine. I, but because of that thing that I've said though, I just can't take it seriously.
1: Well,
0: don't mind him. I'll take him seriously. For me, he's the best defender that the Premier League has ever had. There you go. Oh. Name one other defender as good as him. The. Carvalho. No, but you get the ball. Carvalho. (laughs) Get
1: up out of that.
0: Comfortably. Sammy Hippier. (laughs) For me, I put John Terry up there, but everybody seems to be. Oh, stop, man. You're killing. You're you're (laughs) digging a hole. No, I just. No. John Terry could mark Torres. Uh look, Adam. They, for me Vittich, the, only two,
2: the only two who might be up there with him would be his his, his partner in Rio, who was didn't have, maybe have the concentration or Sol Campbell. So but Campbell none of them had
1: there. none of them had the physical aggression that Vidage had.
2: None of them would scare me in the same way
1: that Vidage yeah. does.
0: Ledley King would be up there as well, to be fair. Oh see, now you're taking the piss. Ledley King if, if, if was fit through his whole career would have been arguably the best event of the Premier League you'd ever seen. Just Horrid with injuries. Right,
1: you think David Beckham's one of the best players the Premier League's ever seen?
0: No, I do not. I just believe he's one of my favourite players of football. Adam, is Vidis
1: not the best defender
0: that's ever played for, in the
1: Premier League? For me, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, well, there's t- there's two there. So okay. look, that's, well, that's this, this is asking
0: for a poll after this.
1: No, it's actually like this because I tell you, see that back. He's um, he's had no Everton players so far. He's had a fairly fantastic keeper an animal back four so for feeling, this is going to be one one of the better
0: 11s do you know what's good That's about what this do. we've had out of the five players one player's only been picked three times three are making their debut in Roberto Carlos always he good stuff not been picked hasn't he I can't, can't find it if he is I apologise to whoever picked him but I had a quick glance through the, the other teams and I couldn't see him well I'm
1: going to go out and I think it was Andrew Flint who picked him
0: well Adam, how about you give us your first midfielder and I will do my research
2: All Right, I'll give you another debutant because there's no way this player's been picked before because I'm having Chavi Alonso Kicked last week, Chief <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not f- how did that go away? <laughs> you haven't retired then We we'll, we we'll
1: let uh, someone cheat uh,
0: because just, they didn't <laughs> quite understand the rules Did they? And
1: oh. we were half a
0: pod. <laughs> So, but you picked him the first time legitimately, so we'll give you that.
2: Yeah, the mads just. Uh, when you talk about how you can, a player can be your, uh, one of your favourite players, and you can you can not like a player because of this, or you can you can love a player because of a little thing. You can talk about how good you think Don Terry is, but he's got he can give you so many reasons that, that without even play, kicking a football, to not not like him. Xavi Alonso is pure class. The the man is just. Pure class, and then when he steps on a football pitch and he makes all the players around him better.
0: You get no arguments from me. Um, Just, as what you said, pure class, I think he's one of the classiest on and off the field.
2: But obviously, as soon as Gareth Barry retires, we're going to piss him off and and ship him in instead.
0: Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not. But I, I don't even know how to respond to that. But like Alonso, just. He's such a beautiful footballer as well, Gav. And I've always pointed this out. It's always a bonus where a player's good looking. And Alonso is that. But I'm sure we spoke about it before. Alonso just had that little bit of snide when he was playing. You know, just that little bit, just to get him by. I, mean, I think we spoke about the the deliberate yellow card so that he could play in the final. Ah, he, wasn't
1: the, he, wasn't the, he wasn't the greatest tackler in the world. He was quite loose with his tackling.
0: Yeah, but how, I, I i just wonder how much of that was, you know, deliberate.
2: I'm gonna be honest with you. My midfield's not gonna be doing a lot of tackling.
0: Yeah, well, when you've got Alonso to start, and and you'd see, uh, and he's likely to be your deepest. Then, yeah, it's going to be quite a soft midfield. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Alonso for you, Gaff. I mean, we've not really spoke much of him. Just
1: two players in the last fifteen years who, for me, are the best two midfielders. If Xavi Alonso and Javi Hernandez, the two of them are just incredible footballers, extraordinary players. And personally, just I go with Javi for the, obviously the Barcelona link, but Xavi Alonso should pure not the class. Every single team he's gone to, he just he makes them better. Against the, in that Real Madrid side as well, he made them better. he Goes to Borrome, he made them better. And nobody's a bad word to say about him. And the fact that he's retired now, you know, players like that, there's no. I think with the way modern football is going, there's very few players who play that trade like that anymore because they can't. It's all robotic now. Everything is instilled, Coach a certain way. Players like that just wanted the ball. And the best thing about their Arsenal was the passing. The passing is uh, extraordinary.
2: And, and the range of passing that Alonso had.
1: Yeah, short, long diagonal, no look, you name it. Once he, he, give, you want to create an attack, give the ball to Xabi and two seconds later, you're either on a counter-attack or he's put the ball in a position that it's going to lead to a goal. Do you know, for me, okay, he was brilliant at Liverpool. I thought he was absolutely exceptional at Real Madrid. I just thought he, he was the, the driest shaft of that team and fantastic to watch.
0: I, c- I couldn't agree more, Gav. I, um, I obviously loved him from, from Liverpool time, but when he went to Madrid, he just took them to another level. And I think that just sums it up. When you're taking a team like Real Madrid as a, as the type of player that Alonso was, you know, they were always signing superstars Madrid and they still are, but they signing in Alonso and that's the one that made them, you know, took them to the next level and started for a bargain completely, but we absolute bargain. My question for you, Gav, is what was he like at Sociedad before he came to Liverpool?
1: Um, Up and coming Do you see He was like He wasn't How would you explain it? see that Real Sociedad team Is completely different To What you'd be looking at now They weren't A Big side But They were an incredibly hey using this cliche Well-oiled team Where they were just Like Leicester almost You know You have the season Where the team just comes together But he was the driving force Behind that team as well Goes to Liverpool Becomes better Goes to, it's just you. It, you just kind of watch them progress throughout the season, just getting constantly getting better and better, but not at a rapid rate. Just every season, just adding something to his game. Like for me, why Liverpool sold you know, for £30 million quid is just—it's one of the strangest decisions I've ever heard coming out of the Premier League. It just because Gareth Barry amazing in Liverpool. You don't oh, pass it's up it's an just, opportunity man, like that. This man wants Gareth Barry in so bad.
0: <laughs> no, he doesn't just trust. I me. genuinely believe Rafa sold them in the end because he knew what was happening at the club, and the fact that Rafa was always that had that Madrid at heart as well. And I'm guessing Alonso probably always wanted to play for Madrid as well, and and I think that's why he went. He went, especially at the time that he went, they just seen the right and I know all for the club and just basically got out as quick as they could. Do you know what does surprise me is how many caps he has for Spain, not for his ability. I, I just always thought he was left out of the team at the time. When I'm thinking back, but obviously not.
2: No, no, because you have to. The, actually, he caused the not him alone, but it was the um, the big complaint in the um, in the Spanish media was that Busquets would would always play with the double pivot, and they would want Spain to be more adventurous and drop either. Um, is it Senna, the Villarreal player? Yes, yeah, Senna, yeah. And then and then Busquets, and they always wanted him to choose between
1: between one of those two, but, but uh, Del Bosque was... Um... Well, Del Bosque eventually turned around and says, do you know what, just take the striker off, we don't need him. <laughs> and he just play he basically played for, Spain played for nearly eight years without an out striker, because he just had that much attacking ability, that much technical genius within that midfield that, they became as as successful as they did And when you look at Xabi Alonso Take away what he's won at club level What he's won at international level as well Is extraordinary And it's You know it's befitting of the man Everyone knows Xabi Alonso And he, he will be sorely missed And he actually learned English In my neck of the woods you Now we'll give us your next midfielder So my next midfielder I'm a captain And I am um, picking the,
2: the In my opinion The best player to ever play In the Premier League And that is Paul Scholes Ooh Oh, <laughs> uh, here we go. Bobby. <laughs> Bobby I'm lining passed. someone up to come up no, for their long run, are they? No, no, no,
1: Pass goals. Come
2: on. <laughs> the best go player on. to ever play in the Premier League. Ever to play in the Premier League. Ever. In my opinion. Oh,
0: jeez. You,
2: you, you had a player who turned up as, as a young lad, was scoring 20 goals a season in midfield, and by the end of his career was playing deep with a range of passing that would him and it Ch- would
1: be befitting of Xavi Alonso. Oh like, like. I'm actually stunned for words here because you don't know how to approach this. Like it's do you do you, do you throw obscenities at him and <laughs> just say look it's 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 his favourite team. Just relax, it's his favourite <laughs> he's an ever <laughs> I know
0: and don't get me wrong <laughs> right. I
1: like Skulls Skulls is a great player that league but best ever
0: great Oof. player or really good player.
1: I, I thought he was. He had a great like, you know career. What? Great career, very good player. Yes.
0: but
1: I don't even think he was the best midfielder in that United you know, team. Agree. Roy Keane for me.
0: Yeah, oh. comfortably. Oof. But anyway, look, look. The biggest compliment I will give Scholes is when Man United needed a new midfielder, they got rid of Pogba and brought back Scholes, who had retired. That's the biggest compliment I guess you could give him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, like I half agree with everything that Adam says. He he was a good passer. He did score goals, but his, have,
1: he, he has he hit, him as his captain. He, he hit twenty the shots. I never talked. I didn't even think the fuck could speak until he got on BT Sport. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, but
2: isn't again no. when you're talking about players something something I loved about Paul scores was the fact he didn't speak and the fact that he didn't have an agent and he just loved playing football.
1: Now I like that. I always loved that. I think that's brilliant. That. He, he never needed an agent. He just went in. How much you pay me for it? Look, that's brilliant.
0: But right, <laughs> I'm going to take yeah, that away saying, get
1: back onto the best. Right,
0: <laughs> this is Paul Scholes, who was who was considered by most as one of the most one of the better United players throughout his whole career. Why did he need an agent? Alex Ferguson was always going to pay him whatever he wanted.
1: Do you know what it is, Ziggy? And it's I, I get it. it's it's from Alex Ferguson. It's from Man United. The board, down to the manager, down to Adam, it's ginger sympathy has to be. <laughs> <laughs> is that is,
2: is that what is that what this is from from Javier um, <laughs> Hernandez and then? When the quote I've got here, which is in the last fifteen to twenty years, the best central midfield fiel- that I have ever seen, the most complete is
1: skulls. Yeah, Xavi said a lot of silly things. Yeah, you mean, you can't believe <laughs> even Gerrard also about,
0: said Roy Hodgson was the best manager he ever worked under at one point. So come on.
1: What about
2: Zinedine Zidane? My toughest opponent, Skulls of Manchester. He is the complete midfielder. I've seen those same quotes where
1: you mean, that's the well. in the Sun and the, the <laughs> date you asked these
0: boys to be cute. Look, Adam, look, we're not judging you. It's your favourite team. It's not the best team. We understand. I feel like you are judging me, yeah. Well, look, I've been judged since but week one from David tackle. Beckham pick, so... It's not that bad now, Ollie. come on, this. bad Skulls
1: is all right. But well, one, do you know what you do? Give us the
2: last midfielder. Of this I just, just wanted to do um, A quick story about um, about Paul goals and his range of passing. Have you ever heard the, the anecdote of him at training? Players used to to be, be out training and um they'd they'd need to need to go for a quick a quick piece and they'd um, run off to the bushes to the edge, but they were terrified to do it when Paul Scholes was around because as they pulled their, their shorts down, I uh, had a quick piss. Um, nearly every time without fail he would hit them square on the arse from 50 yards with the ball
1: oh well if he does that he must be the best player depending on exactly. what ever said
0: exactly do you, do, you know, <laughs> do you know in fairness do you know one thing I did like about schools is you never heard of them outside of football you know there was no dramatic headlines there was no controversy it was just football and even now even after all there hasn't been none come out after it either you know like we find out about gigs and the wife like 15 years after that happened sort of thing I think that's one thing I do respect about him yeah, he's hardly
1: a look is him he? he's hardly going to be in the newspaper for oh. fucking things like that <laughs> and he's read it. he's a ginger <laughs> as well he's just look he's a great player but give us our next midfielder give us your next chaotic because this is just this is a really really weak midfield in terms of defensive capabilities and I like it Oh, there's no defensive... I told you, we don't need the defensive... No, no, I like it. Got...
2: No, I agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. Vidic is doing all my defending. You better so, hope, um, my you better hope whoever
0: you're playing doesn't have Torres up front then, because you're fucked.
2: <laughs> 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 so, my final midfielder is Michael Loudon. Oh, yeah, and see. Oh. The man loves no, stuff. This is... <laughs> Paul Skull's Michael Loudon, yeah... It's just, it's... Flipped it. it flipped so so fickle.
0: He's um, Irish, that's what he does.
2: <laughs> Obviously, um, Loudrup is a player who I have, um, unlike the, most of the rest of my team that uh, I'm only 28, I had to learn about Michael Loudrup through reading and YouTube and and just sort of f- finding him out. But when you see him and you you can just see that was a player, that was... That was a player, and you could see the way the the influence he's had on Xavi, on Iniesta. That scooped pass over the top of the back four. That just a, a player of just a player so classy. I, I I think the quote I saw was that
1: he could play football in top hat and tails. Ali, Michael, Mick,
0: I'm unfortunately I I only really watched much of him when he was. Playing international football and what I've seen, just looking back, just because I've heard so many stories, I'm clearly, because of, obviously, the, the Rangers link and living in Scotland, um, I've seen the brother, Brian, much, much more. But from what I've seen, uh, uh, he's, he is not far superior, but definitely superior. And he was just a joy to watch. I mean, I, as I said, I don't know much. I didn't know much until I really came on here with you, Gav. And you were such spoke such highly of him. I'm pretty sure, didn't you have him in your team as well? Um, yeah,
1: he, he he to me Ali is in my top three all time players. You have as Adam rightly spoke there the influence he's had on the likes of Iniesta, Xavi. To me, Laudrup, I hate using the word better player. Laudrup is the more gifted player than the two of them, including Sedan. To me, Laudrup is just one of the greatest footballers of all time. And if anyone dares argue with me over it, then they haven't seen him play. They ha- they can't have seen him play. The great Croydon Sawdrell said he could be one of the greatest footballers. He could be the greatest footballer of all time. The only thing he went that had gone against him was the fact he wasn't poor. He didn't have that, you know, dog that dogged ability on the pitch. Other than that, greatest footballer ever played.
2: Yeah, was it, it was didn't Corey used to say that he at one hundred percent, maybe at eighty percent, he might be the best football player there ever is, but I can't get him to play beyond sixty or something like that.
1: Yeah, he lacked that. He he he, he basically Leljra came from a fairly privileged background, and Cruyff always stated that he lacked that. You know that that street baller. Other than that, he was just perfect. I mean, some of the past, and himself and Stoichkov were one of the greatest duos I've ever seen, and I mean that. But you he, think I look that? back.
2: Finally, but that you think, but you look back to that to that dream team, and you have got um, all those players, and in in the camp, new they have a um, a banner that just reads "Enjoy Laudrup." He went to Real Madrid. You know, like as a young kid, oh, I love I love the story of him joining Real Madrid because I, from what I understand, my my um my reading on this might be wrong. Obviously, I was too young to remember this at the time, but I believe that that um he played in his final Clásico for Barcelona, and they beat Real Madrid five nil.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He then went to Real Madrid, in his first class to go of Real Madrid, he won five 0 And his yeah. quote after his quote afterwards was, "I've I've played in two of the biggest games in in the world, and the score's ten nil to me."
1: And he was um, he told a story once. He was at a, an airport, and some kid was walking by him, and he was kind of giving the kid a look as if to go as if to acknowledge the kid, go you know hello. And all the kid just went with that. Well, obviously, I'm trying to show you, but it's very hard when it's a listening media. But the kid pointed two hands with the four fingers as if to go, Yeah, you've done it twice. And he said to him that was one of the great. That, that that meant so much to him that he'd been remembered for that. Because he wasn't he wasn't hated by the Barcelona players when he moved to Trent, just not like that of that big figure. But for me, Michael Eldridge was one direct football as well to him. And by far and away, the best player you have in that pitch so far.
0: I, I really didn't know that five nil story, so that was good to hear. Right, Adam, mm. the most important for you in the pitch. Give us your first forward.
2: My first forward, so my first, <coughs> this might might potentially have a have a little go at, at Laudrup's position as the best player on the pitch. I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to have as my right forward, I'm going to have Johan Cruyff. I think that in Johan Cruyff, you have a player who has revolutionised the game more than any other soul. When you look at his his Dutch team, he was a part of his Ajax team, the Barcelona team he played in, then the Barcelona team he managed, the, just the, not even the Barcelona team he managed, but then the effect he's had on that Barcelona team, his DNA goes right to the core of that club. The the players that we see today are all at the hands of Johan Cruyff. And when you just, you don't realise just how, how talented he was in an age where people could, kick absolute lumps to him out of him last year i went to i went to amsterdam and um, in one of the museums they have a uh, an installation which i think is a little bit like the uh there's Z- the zidane 20 20th century portrait and it's just a a video of Jan Cruyff. and i watched it with my girlfriend who does not really like football that much certainly not 1970s football and we watched it three times in a row just an absolute Phenomenon of a player.
0: Gav, i let you take this one. I mean, you've spoke about how much you've studied this man countless times, so you know, take away.
1: Yeah, he's obviously a player I've never seen play. It gives me life. The only player that I've ever had his name on the back of a jersey. I have a Holland 1974 Holland jersey and I have a 1970s Barcelona jersey with his name adorned on it. The man is just extraordinary. You want to learn about football. Um, Alan comes on four three three. To me, that's the only formation that can be. I, I, it's it's beautiful football. That's that's synonymous with attacking beautiful football. And the man created this absolute behemoth that was Barcelona of the last 25-30 years. An extraordinary visionary. His quotes, everything about the man. When he passed away, I don't. I'm I'm a fairly hard nosed fucker like that. But when he passed away. There was, a, there was a sense of regret because I, I'd have loved him to have met the man. I think I'd have actually shit myself if he came near me. He's a hero of mine. Yeah, I'd never seen him play live. But i put enough time and effort into watching him study and understand his outlook on the game. And by studying enough of it, his outlook became the way I look at football. I don't look at football any other way than it happened to be entertaining, scoring goals. It just...
0: He is Minister Football to me. I think the way you speak of him I mean, I've studied him nowhere near as much as as much as you, but I've studied him enough to understand, you know, the philosophies. I knew what he meant to Barcelona to to football. Actually, let's not put it down to a club, and I can't just do football overall. But I've watched him minuscule amounts compared to the two of yous. So, I mean- well, I'll, give you exa- I'll
1: give you another example. I'll give you another example, Ali, of um, how how much how much his, um, his impact on the game has has made to me. Barcelona just recently um, announced Ernesto Valverde as the new manager. The absolute uproar on social media from all these bast twats, as I like to call them. These fucking gobs having a clue of anything regarding the club, its its history, or what it means, or what Cruyff meant. to the- Putting the man down. The man played under Cruyff. He played two seasons under Cruyff. He didn't have a huge amount of games. But any man who's played under Cruyff walks away with that ideology in his head. He's now come back. He'll be now Barcelona manager. And Johan Cruyff turned around and basically said, Ernesto Valverde is one of the best coaches in Spain. Brilliantly gifted. And he was earmarked for the Barcelona job a couple of seasons ago. So for me, it's pe- it's a perfect appointment. Sorry, Adam, I probably cut you after, didn't I? No, no. And I think that you can see, uh, again, that you talk about,
2: Cruyff obviously had his, um, his ups and downs politically in Barcelona and his influence was not always as strong as it was. And, and the same at Ajax, but if you look at, um, at the, uh, that Ajax team played Manchester United a, a week and a half ago and you can see the, the, those elements are still there in that Ajax demon and, and the way that Ajax has has uh, been able to to come back, as it were, as a as a, as a sort of phoenix after the coup, as it were, but led mm-hmm. by Johan Cruyff, has sort of and the, the the spark that's back
1: in that club where they're playing young attacking football. And that's all that Betteman the night was experience. That's all that on the night because unfortunately they came up against Mr. Antti football in Jose Mourinho but they'd entertained OAS have entertained all season playing, you know typical Cruyff style football Barcelona they still play it in snippets not as much as they used it but unfortunately that's, Barcelona have had to change you know, it'll always be there he'll always be synonymous for me with Barcelona he is Mr. Barcelona even though, you know, there's been bigger People before him and to be bigger people after him. But for me, it, it, that's it. my love of football comes from Johan Cruyff. I'll give you the next forward. So playing
2: on the left, I will have a um, another ex player, and I will have Ronaldinho because football is supposed to be fun. And when you watch Ronaldinho play, you you couldn't expect anything but fun. He was a player who. who when he picked the ball up on the halfway line and he started running plays, he you wouldn't notice it, but you'd hold your breath. And he just... Uh, I cannot find the words beyond fun. And obviously extraordinarily talented.
0: That's, that's it, Adam. It's fun. That's the best way. I mean, I couldn't go without like, Wikipedia and Google and stats and everything like that. Ronaldinho, for me, is just a player I never get tired of just watching. Can watch clips day after day after day. Just he makes everything fun. It doesn't matter what it, whether it be just that the advert for the boots where he smashes it off the bar three times. I don't know how many times I've watched that, and it, it's ridiculous. I wouldn't watch it if Messi's done it, or I wouldn't watch it if Ronaldo does it, because Ronaldinho does it, and he's got that big goofy smile on him. It just makes <laughs> it fun to watch as well.
2: It's just that that samba flair that that's what it is. It's that that little bit of samba that flair. Like you said, that same advert. You watch him, you watch him lace up the boots, and then it's even just the the little bit of keepy uppies and the, the round the world that he flicks around But just he hasn't even done anything at that point, and,
1: and you're still it's fun just then. He is the last great Brazilian footballer. Everything after him is just no one's fitted to his is is boots. People compare the likes of Neymar, Coutinho. Go and piss off. None of the and anywhere near Pete and then Peacock, it was just an absolute joy to behold. I've seen the man play live um, six or seven times, and every time you watch him play, he, he for so he was he was a big man, but Christ, he could move. He just he 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 done thing he done things with the ball that made you scratch your head and go hell. And then there's no point in even thinking about hell because you know it's a gift. That's a gift. You don't learn that. You're born with that. And as people rightly refer to him, the ball's his friends. And, you know, once he stays mates with the ball, the ball will do what he wants him to do. And he's done the most extraordinary things. And I think this time at Barcelona, first couple of seasons, he was magnificent. The last few seasons, I just think the city got to him. And he wasn't as consistent as he should have been. And for me, I think he he got to the city. Yeah, well, that's that's a good way of putting it. But I think he. He's hugely underachieved in his career, in my opinion. I, th- I think he could have been absolutely one of the greatest footballers. He is one of the greatest footballers of all time, but he could have cemented that legacy as being up there with the very, very,
0: very top players. I'm saying, I think that just shows how much of a Barcelona fan you are. So I think all us outsiders never really seen that dip in consistency, really, because we only seen the highlights and the like you know, just any highlights of games or Champions League games, and he, he was never poor in those. So we only ever seen him at his best.
1: I see, as you said, there, Andy, it's it's incredibly easy to determine how good a player it is through highlights. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's but when you're looking at a player over a couple of seasons, and you you see you see him at peak, and I don't mean he declined but he just he. You look at Messi today; he's consistently every every single season. Nine, nine and a half out of ten. Will be not will be ten one season, seven the next. Ten the next season, seven the next. And it was just, look, put it this way, Pep Guardiola noticed it. And basically said, look, I love you to bits. You're an incredible player, but you have to go.
0: If you're picking a five-a-side or a futsal team together, Ronaldini was your first pick, though, wasn't he? Easily. <laughs> there's just there's Easily. not much you can't do with the ball.
1: If you have a and Ronnie... Adam
0: What's your favourite moment Like your favourite moment Favourite goal Favourite skill Favourite Favourite thing you've seen of him do In his career
2: um, It is That The The no backlift goal Against Chelsea In the Champions League Because It, it just comes from It comes from absolutely no, no other player could do that
0: mm, Interesting pick Gav for
1: yourself <laughs> It has to be The time that He absolutely Destroyed Real Madrid, in the class. to the point where even Madrid fans were clapping. him It was an extraordinary moment, an incredible moment because he was just godlike that day. He couldn't be stopped.
2: That's the performance of where when when I think of Ronaldinho running with the ball,
1: that's the that is the image in my head yeah, that's of him. That that's peak Ronaldinho. That's just unstoppable. That's can't be bettered. Everything after that, unfortunately, was just it wasn't that. That was before the, before he got to the city. Before he was
2: partying too much. Before he was eating, too much red meat. When he was still, well, he had that pace to
1: go mm. with that fantastic talent. Barcelona, Barcelona, do that It's an, an incredible city. <laughs> and now, Here we go. The last
2: forward. Right. I've, I've made a small, a small change at the last moment because I wanted to do you guys a favour and not pick a certain Brazil, another Brazilian. So I'm going to go with Den, Dennis Bergkamp. Ooh. Just. Uh, I absolutely love a player who has it in his mind more, maybe more so than in his feet. As it were, well, not his feet. So it, I mean, as in, Buckham didn't rely on pace. He could everything was. It was. He was a player who saw pictures. He saw. He could manipulate space, and he was just Chesky. when he came. When he exactly, exactly when he came to the Premier League, he was. Not a class above, several classes above him and Zola. The foreign player with Cantona; those players were were seeing the game on a different level to any of the players who who were playing here before. It, it was like it was almost like they're playing a different sport.
0: For me, he's arguably the greatest foreign export to play in the Premier League. Import, Import. <laughs> export, same thing. <laughs> but, um, just a genius. Just. I think he summed it up. The the his, his brain was so much quicker than anyone else's that he didn't need pace. Just incredible. The touch, the flair, the vision, the passing, the finishing. If only he could fly. But but
2: he was Dutch and he had he had all the technique you needed to go with it. Just look at that that goal he scored
1: for Holland in '98 uh, against Argentina. Oh incredible. And he scored. Um, I don't know whether it was against Newcastle. The one he where he flicks it round the other, round the other way. Yeah, at least I mean Newcastle, yeah. And it's, he, it's, he makes it look so easy, but you could, he, he you could ask a player to do that a hundred times and he, he'd fail every time. Some of the goals he scored are just, just extraordinary. And I think a lot of people have come on and have given their team, and then afterwards speaking, oh, I forgot about Dennis Bredcamp. So. Yeah, for me, Dennis Bergkamp's one of the best footballers
0: I've seen in the last twenty-four years, easily. Yeah, there was two players I was f- so angry at myself for not picking, and Bergkamp was one of them. Um, it was just after the pod, and so I think, I think somebody mentioned him a couple of pods later, or we were just talking about it on Twitter, and I was like, oh bugger! But he was just one of those players who was so kind of quiet that you you forget about him until somebody mentions him, and then you start reminiscing of everything that he ever did. And I mean, he was part of that like glorious Arsenal team. Let's not kid ourselves on how good they were and how much fun they were to watch. Just, just a genius.
1: It would have been great if he hadn't had a, a fear of flying. Absolutely.
0: Well, it makes you wonder uh, how yeah, so the team could have done in Europe
1: easily, because having to get a having to get a having to drive a couple of thousand miles because of that fear of flying is uh, you know there's no way he's going to be ten out of ten going onto that pitch. Not a chance going onto that. Pitch.
0: There was games he but, didn't even go to, wasn't there, though? They're not just deciding Yeah, to uh, it off it.
1: because he'd ha- he wouldn't get back in time for the match on Saturday.
0: It's <laughs> mad. Can you imagine that happening in today's world? You know, where Europe is such a big part of it now. I, know, yeah. Like, commercial-wise.
1: Okay, so I wish Messi was fucking... I miss Messi was playing the of
0: flying. <laughs> <laughs> just to keep him at home for a
1: while. I don't know. There's some <laughs> less, less, less long, hard journeys just across Spain. True, yeah, I know. Yeah, I just I'm I'm only teasing, but the fact that when you when you when you look at what happened to like Sperkham, you know we, we we'll never know. I mean, everyone wants to see the best players on the biggest stage. Unfortunately, you know we've seen them, watching him in the World Cup that that year. He was absolutely he, he, he was brilliant. He delights his of and all that time and outshone him in that World Cup. So you know, for it. me, it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a lovely pick, yeah. Yeah, I and mean, really when up. you talk. About him
2: playing in those Arsenal teams, he was able to play to play in those in those very different Arsenal teams as well. You had that first Arsenal team under Wenger with a and Overmars, which was all about pace and counter-attacking, and then just sit there and pick the and just pick the passes off and just send players on their way. And then you come to that second evolution of that Arsenal team, which was all about possession and playing through the lines and getting getting in in between teams and playing around them. And Bergkamp was then perfect again. He could play those through balls. He could his ability to see the game was just unrivaled.
0: Absolutely. That's a cracking team so far, Adam. Gav, do you want to read it back for us? And then we'll get some honourable mentions. Yeah, we had in
1: goal Peter Schmoigel from United. We had Zabrata. I'm going to put it down for Juventus because he was probably at his best there. Carlos Pujol, Barcelona. Nemanja Vidic, Man United. Roberto Carlos, Real Madrid. Xabi Alonso, for Liverpool. Paul Scholes, the captain for Man United. League. Oh, stop. Michael Laudrup for Barcelona. We had Johan Cruyff for Holland. We had Dennis Bergkamp for Arsenal. And we had El Ronnie Dino for Barcelona. Lovely team. Any honourable mentions?
2: I don't have too many honourable mentions. um, Ronaldo would obviously be one of them, as I discussed. um, I think a lot of my honourable mentions probably coming from the time that the well, my age and the, the the sort of the time that I really started started to dig into football into the, the detail and everything. A lot of them are maybe a year or two away from retiring. With the exception, I I, I contemplated having Philip Lahm, but um, I think that if you give me a year or, or two, Danny Alves will be in there in a heartbeat,
1: along with Iniesta. There's no point saying Phil Farm because in ten years' time he'll. St- still be playing for somebody yeah he's not what (laughs) obviously I I read I thought this was brilliant I'll think about retiring after the next World Cup I'll think about it and (laughs) you just yeah you just know that poor Donnarumma who's arguably one of you know the greatest goalkeeping talents in world football and has been for many a year. May just have to contend with just waiting for this old man to just eventually pop his fucking clogs before he retires.
0: By the time Buffon retires, he he won't get a game for that. There'll be a new keeper who'll come in and take it <laughs> yeah, over. he be too old. Yeah, he's, he's going to be out of the picture. Uh, do you think if he wins the Champions League on Saturday, do you think he'll just announce? Do you know what? Nah, that's me done. No, no, definitely not. I think no, you know. I can't.
1: He's, he's too good, Ali, he's, he, he's oh, not no, that's what I found him. He's still the best rookie in the world. Yeah, for me, like, okay, you can, you can, you if we say Neuer and all that, but for Buffon over the last 20 years, it's just, as we, we talk about players that have a slow rise to the very top, which is great with the likes of, you know, Xabi, Iniesta, Xabi, Alonso, it's not a rapid rise. You have with Buffon, it's, it's such a slow decline. Where some keepers was just the likes of Bravo, he's just giving up possibly on um, being a goalkeeper. But Bill Fonts, 14, like, you know, he, he he still has the reflexes of a 10-year-old. It's incredible. Oh, I like, exactly. hope he beats as you... bastards on a fucking Saturday.
2: I mean, <laughs> as, as, much, as much as I love him, and maybe if he retired as well, we'd also get in his could assist. But when you look at the 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 careers they've had in terms of like that decline,
1: there's no. It's just a different level, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive. Casillas was a Casillas to me is one of the greatest um, shot stoppers I'd ever seen play football. And anyone who's had all the ways, it's it, he, he's an extraordinary keeper. But, but he's not Buffon. He's nowhere near Buffon.
0: Buffon reached that peak at like twenty year old and has just stayed there. Yeah. Yeah. He's not. He's not on the decline at all. There's just no decline no. in his game. It's incredible. He's definitely everybody's favourite goalkeeper, isn't he? Like, no, he's another one. Nobody's got a bad word to say about him. Cool, cool. Stephon,
1: yeah. I didn't even realise he could speak English until about two weeks ago when he was saying goodbye to Philip Land." And I'm not gonna lie, I swooned. I actually, do you know what? I, I. he that he's a very good-looking man. If I had to, I would. I would.
0: Yeah, I seen the, the video to Alonso For me, that done it for me when he just uh, the love Gigi at the end. Oh, oh you know, stop Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> right, this, is, this has turned a bit too a bit too bent. Yes. Right, Adam, thank you very much for coming on. No you, worries. You thank you for having me. It was very good. It was nice to see some debuts. It's Even. nice to have a European back. Well, <laughs> you stick to <laughs> you, do all your controversy alone. Last week, we weren't allowed females or yanks, so... <laughs> We'll we we'll try and keep it politically correct this week, Gav.
1: <laughs> no, look Adam, it's great to have you on. Um have you had the plug, Chief? No, well,
2: beyond um our podcast with um with Man on the Post right? just
1: catch catch us on there. Yeah, make sure you check out all the previous editions of Eleven Pieces of Me and make sure you check out all the upcoming editions of Eleven Pieces of Me. And Subscribe is the word he's after. Subscribe. I haven't finished. See, this is what I find rude about these guests. They don't <laughs> know me. They'll just come on. And make sure you subscribe to everything that WFI have to offer. Is that
0: all right, Ali? Perfect, buddy. Perfect. Super.
1: Well, look, Ali, I'm going to see you on Friday.
0: Friday for the last yeah. edition of this format. Yes.
1: Yes, with the lovely Jessie on, and I say that Jessie, see that I'm actually being nice. Don't be taking offence, even though you're a yank, you're a lovely lady. So there you go, just just getting you up.
2: Ah, I had the pleasure of meeting Jessie only last week when she came on another post, so you're in for a treat.
1: Yeah, but I'm not drinking tonight, Chief, so You got off slightly.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Friday's guys' drinking night. She's in for a hell of a time. Oh yes, and not in a good way. No, but no, no, yep. So, Friday, last version of this format Some changes coming up for me and Gav We're gonna have a wee trial period over the next couple of months With a different different show completely With a little competition, so just stay tuned